0: I just want to, uh, as, we, as we look at this passage, just think a little bit about the context in which Peter wrote this. It's called 1 Peter because Peter wrote it, uh, and it was a letter that he wrote to churches that were scattered all throughout uh, Asia Minor in what today would be considered an area of our world, Turkey. And it was written in the first century, they think, around the early 60s. Roman Empire was in control and at that time the Roman Emperor was Nero and if you know anything about uh, Nero from your study of history, you know he was a man that uh, was very power hungry. Uh, he hated the Christians. He actually burned part of the city of the Rome and then blamed it on the Christians to, to uh, provoke the people to be against the Christians. And one of the reasons that Nero and the leaders of the Roman Empire hated the Christians is because they said that Jesus is Lord, and in the Roman Empire's mind, there was only one Lord, and His name was Caesar. And so they saw this belief in this other God as something that would subvert the rule and the the conquest of the Roman Empire and they opposed the Christians. And this this cost these dear fellow believers very much, just as we see in other parts of the world today, uh, where people's homes and church buildings are destroyed by those who oppose their faith. So at that time, people lost their material possessions. Uh, There was a lot of emotional turmoil. People had loved ones that lost their lives. And it's in this context of suffering that, that Peter writes this, and, and basically is, he, he's saying keep, keep, willing to su- be, keep, be will- keep being willing to suffer as you continue to follow Jesus. Because the, the tendency would be, I don't want my life to, to be seen as a follower of Jesus because I don't want to have to deal with all this hardship. And we know in our day and time more and more the faith is costing us something. To say that we believe in Jesus as the way, as the truth, as the life is increasingly less popular in our day and time. We're seen as intolerant. We're seen as many times bigots. We're seen as uh, people who promote promote hate and discrimination actually the very things that Christianity, true Christianity is against we're accused of, of supporting. And it's in this context that Peter encourages these readers rather than shrinking back from f- wholeheartedly following Jesus and using their gifts to, to encourage and to help one another as they're in need during this time, he encourages them on with this. And this morning as we consider this matter of of spiritual gifts and how does that apply to us as God's people today when it's increasingly more difficult for us as a church to navigate being God's followers during our day and time the past year and a half have been crazy for us and we've seen the even even the church many times is divided because of these issues how are we to navigate all this and God's word gives us a very clear path forward and we're going to be parked in these verses this morning as we flesh this out and just three simple questions and for many of us this will not be anything new as far as knowledge i'm not expecting to give you some new nugget of truth that you've never never heard before but i think what, what our hearts need more than anything is just continuing to 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 persevere that we need that encouragement and continuing to follow through with what we already know as god's people And I I trust that God's Spirit, through His Word, will do that this morning. And so, three simple questions. What are spiritual gifts? How how are we to use them? And why are we to use them? What are spiritual gifts? How are we to use them? And why are we to use them? If you don't mind, let's just bow our heads and just one more time, commit this time to the Lord that, that He would teach us and encourage us during this time. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, that in these days of so much confusion, so much division about what is right and what is wrong, what is good, what is evil, Father, that we have Your Word to clearly light our path. And Father, we thank You for Your Spirit that has already shown Himself very real and present in our midst today. And we expect, Lord, because of your goodness, that your faithfulness that we've just sung about, we expect your Spirit, Lord, to open our minds and our hearts to receive from you the encouragement and the strength and the wisdom and grace that we need to continue to follow you as your people, to be the church that you've called us to be in these times. So God, we commit this time to you and trust you to do in our hearts and lives what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. What are spiritual gifts? And Peter describes in in these verses, and I, I apologize, I don't have any slides for you this morning, so you can just follow along in your Bible or open your Bible app on your phone and follow along. Peter describes in verse 10 two realities that make spiritual gifts possible, and this helps us to understand what spiritual gifts are. If you look at verse 10, he starts off as each one, and then toward the end of verse 10, and he, he says, as good stewards. There's two things that are realities in our lives that as we use spiritual gifts they help us to understand what those gifts are and first of all a spiritual gift is something that each one of us has received a spiritual gift is something that each one of us who have staked our claim in Jesus as Lord that it's not Caesar that's Lord it's not it's not myself that is the king It's not some other person or some other thing, but Jesus is truly worthy of being followed. As we trust in Him, this is a reality in our life. Peter says, as each one has received a gift. It's not if you have received a gift. It's not conditional. He's saying this is a present reality in our lives as God's people. Each one, every single one of us, it's actually, when Peter wrote this, that was the first word. Everyone, each one of you, because he's emphasizing that. Man, woman, older person, young person, young adult, teenager, even children who say that Jesus is my follower. He's Peter saying, God has gifted you with something that will help the body to continue to be the body that God has called it to be during this time. Our life group last, last Sunday night was talking about, uh, we, were, we just had an icebreaker talking about some of our favorite things about, about fall, and one of the things that came up was, was football. A lot of us, one of the things that we like about the fall season is, is, is football. Somebody described football as this, 22 men who are desperately in need of rest, being watched by 20,000 people who are desperately in need of exercise. (laughs) The game of football is designed for a very small percentage of people who are in the stadium to play, and the majority of the people to watch. But that's not how the church is designed. The church is meant to function as a team sport where there are no fans. We're all players. If we think of the church as simply a Sunday morning gathering... Then we would tend to think, oh, but wait a minute. Most of us are fans. But the church is more than just a Sunday morning gathering. When, when Peter uses the word church when he talks about us as God's people, he's not referring to a service, he's, he's talking about us who have been called out by God as God's people. We're a, we're a family, we're a body and it goes way beyond what we just do in an hour, an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. Each one of us has received its past ten. not that you might receive if you are obedient enough or if you come to church enough or all these conditions. The package has already arrived. God has given each one of us, enabling to do His work through us. And the word gift here, it actually means a gift of grace. Spiritual gift cannot be earned, pursued, or worked up, but it can only be received through the grace of God. And it's God's grace working in and through each one of us that makes it possible for us to serve Him. Spiritual gifts are those abilities that God gives to us as believers for service in the church, not just for the programs of the church, but the church in each other's lives. I'll, I'll just read to you a few definitions just to try to help us flesh this out a little bit more. Wayne Grudem, theologian, says this, any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church is a spiritual gift. I, I'm afraid too often when we talk about spiritual gifts, we, we think of these lists that are given in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and we look at the list and we try to figure out which one of those we have, and then once we discover that, then we, then we serve. I, I started playing football when I was in fifth grade, played for a Ray Midget League, by the way, I have a really funny story to tell you about Mark Hopkins sometimes and, and Luray Midget League. I'll tell you actually right now, when he first came, he you know how Mark was visionary and he wanted well, he, he one of the people groups that he wanted to reach in Page County were, were the Midgets because he had seen these signs for Luray Midget League football, anyway. Um, but I played Midget League, <laughs> yes. We're laughing, okay, in fifth grade, and I didn't show up like after after I'd seen a list, do you want to play quarterback, do you want to play running back? do you want to play linebacker and decide what you want to play, and then we'll sign you up. I showed up to practice, and it was through practicing and the and the coach seeing how who could pass and how fast people could run and how some could block and how some could tackle and how some could punt that the positions were determined. And and so don't worry about the list. Just show up for practice. John MacArthur says this, spiritual gifts are special capacities bestowed on believers to equip them to minister supernaturally to others, especially to each other. Not in the sense that there's lightning that's going to fall from heaven, but rather than making my life about me, I'll allow God's grace to work in me and through me to bless others. That's supernatural. John Piper says, "...they are abilities by which we receive the grace of God and disperse that grace to others. A spiritual gift is something that each one of us has received. The package of grace has arrived, and God wants us to open it and use it to bless others. Also, he says, if you look at the the end of that passage in, in verse 10, he says, "...as good stewards..." of the manifold grace of God. Now that's that's a little different language than what we normally post on Facebook. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What is he saying? Again, it's not if it's not conditional, it's not a possibility. This is present reality. He says, "We are good stewards." In other words, people that somehow bring benefit and blessing to others. That's a quality of our Jesus. He brings blessing to others. We just sang about that this morning, how we have received that. And so as we're on his team, as team players with him, our lives are meant to bless those around us. Stuart met one who governs a household. It was somebody who was entrusted with the resources of another. Here in Page County, one of the positions that we have in our county government is the commissioner of the revenue. And if our roads were to become full of potholes and all, some of the services that our county provides the landfills were closed, and on and on it goes, and we weren't, as taxpayers, really weren't receiving any benefit of that from the the commissioner, but we were hearing all of these international trips that our commissioner of the revenue was taking overseas, great family vacation times, year-round. We'd be very upset about that. Because the money that we pay to the county really is ours to be used for services that we commonly share together. It's not the commissioner's money. The commissioner has a position to coordinate the the distribution, the collection and distribution of that money. That's kind of the idea here. Uh, our missions team uh, serves the church. You we as, as a church contribute money to missions and then our missions team meets together and with the monies that you as a church have given, we, we are able to disperse those monies to needs. This, this past week we found out that our missionary uh, Keith Sampson in Estonia, uh, his family has just moved back there from being here in the States and some needs that they had starting up again and we were able to send, send $1,000 to the Samsons. Not, not the missions team money. It's the church's money to be able to bless others in their work. That's the idea. We receive grace from God, but it, it's, it's poured out through us to bless others. It's, just, it's the difference between a pond and a lake. Uh, some of us, this this past summer part of our part of our summer included a, a trip or two or maybe even more to a lake and we enjoy that because of the recreation that a lake offers most of us didn't take a trip to a stagnant pond somewhere because there's little life in a body of water that receives water but doesn't flow out But when that body of water receives water and flows out water, there's life within that and provides enjoyable recreation for us whether we fish or whether we uh, jet ski or whatever it is. Because there's life there. And he says, stewards of the manifold, in other words, varied grace of God, the way God has gifted you doesn't look exactly the same as the way that God has gifted someone else. Man, as I look in the room here, what varied manifestations of the grace of God. We're in a lighted room because of people that are okay with changing the light bulbs and they don't have to be up here behind a microphone singing on Sunday mornings. Amen, Kenny Good? Right? And on and on it goes. The way the grace shows up and it's poured out through us is different. But it doesn't make it any less valuable or less important. So what are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are different ways that God has freely gifted each one of us to take care of His church. Not not the building, not the service, but His people. How are the needs of God's people being met through the package of grace that God has delivered to you? How are we to use them? Well, right there in the middle of verse 10, He says, Minister it to one Another That word minister comes from the same word that we have our word deacon. It means to wait on somebody. Man, when I think about waiting on somebody, I can't help but think of Christy's sister who works at Hawksville Diner. I mean, she is the best. You feel like this girl is here just for me. I mean, like anything she's asking and she does it with a smile. I mean, incredible service. And then some of us have been to places and you're like, can I leave a negative tip? Because it's like, you know, they showed up with a frown on their face and I haven't seen them since then. Um, and the idea here is just waiting for an opportunity to serve. It's a present active verb, it's continuous not just a one-time thing, but ongoing, allowing that package of grace to flow out through me over and over again. It's, it's active. It's not, not waiting to be asked, not waiting for a list to be put up, but proactive. And proactive with that gift that God has given to each one of us. And then it's to one another. And he was referring specifically here to, in the context of believers, those of us who have put our faith in Christ, blessing each other. Often when we talk about serving and using our gifts, our minds go immediately to programs. Working in the nursery, driving a van, greeting people on Sunday morning, and yes, those are opportunities for our gifts to be used. But our programs, people, are to serve people, real people with real needs. Carla Siegfried, two Wednesday nights ago, showed up and was in the nursery so that a real mom with a real baby could attend a Bible study. Our programs are for serving needs. needs of real people so let's take a just a moment just a moment and let's do something that may be uncomfortable for for some of us in the room just take a look around yeah look around and briefly look into people's faces don't look too long uh um, ladies or some single guy might think that you're interested okay Uh, but look around and and think what what needs are represented right here in this room. And that's why it's so important what we do with that package of grace that's been delivered to us. The gifts of King Jesus aren't meant to be trophies or badges of honor to make us feel good about ourselves. The end game is not me. All of us are intended to be channels through which the blessings of grace gifts can flow to our body in need. And there are many in our body in need that aren't here this morning because of those needs. And then Peter goes on in verse 11, and he, and he sums up the way that those grace gifts work in our lives. He, he basically puts them into two categories. Look at what he says in, in verse 11. If, if anyone speaks... So sometimes the way that that package of grace is unpacked is is there are things that we say that bless others. And some of us, our, our gifting tends to be more that way, that God just has a way of gifting us so that, that something that we write, uh, something that we say, it doesn't have to be on a platform. But, but, but that, those words are used by God to bless other people. And then he talks about, he says, if, if anyone ministers, and there again, it's that idea of, of waiting on, on tables. Some of us, our gift takes a form that's more practical, hands-on. Man, our, our worst fear next to death is speaking in public, or just speaking. But when it comes to using our hands, we're all about it. When it comes to practical things, and that's okay, because the gift comes in different packages to different people. So let's think a minute what he says about this one about the speaking category. If anyone doth speak, he says, let him speak as the oracles of God. Oracles of God just refers simply to the words that God has said, specifically what He has spoken to us in Scripture. You know, it's oftentimes when we see other people in need, it's it's easy for us to offer our own opinion our own wisdom but God says hey I've made available to to you what I've said so that you can deliver that to other people and you don't have to be a pastor or a small group leader to do that and one hint that I found that way that we can see how God prepares us for that is is what is God saying to you personally through his word because you know what I've found over and over again Many times when God is saying it to me, He wants me to hear it, but He also wants someone else to hear that through me. A few weeks ago, I've been in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah this year, and I I read these two verses one morning, probably about a month ago, and man, because of the moment, because of what was going on, they ministered so much to me, and I read them in a version where a certain phrase is repeated five times. Listen to this and see if you can pick out the phrase. Isaiah 46, verses 3 and 4. Listen to me, says the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, you who have been carried by me from your birth and have been carried in my arms from the womb. Even to your old age I am He, and even to your advanced old age, I will carry you. I have made you, and I will carry you. Be assured, I will carry you, and will save you. Did you get what God's trying to say in those two verses? I will carry you. And man, that ministered so much grace to my own heart in the moment that I read it. This past week, I had an email forwarded to me from Sharon Dawson. Sharon was one of the daughters of Millie Dawson who had been... Millie had served in Venezuela for almost 70 years. And by the way, out in the vestibule, if you go right, when you go out, there's a basket there It says Dawson... Uh, Millie, there will be a memorial service for her at Rivermont Baptist Church in Front Royal in two weeks. And some people from our church are going to go there, and we'd love to carry any word of encouragement that you have for the Dawson family to them. So feel free to drop a card off there um, next in the next two weeks um, so we can deliver that, okay? But I read Sharon's email and just describing the situation. when It was just she and her... Her, her uh, sister Faith that were there, the rest of the family, was back here in the U.S. And just the anguish of, of their mom's passing and all that happened. So guess what I sent to Sharon? I shared Isaiah 46, 3-4, and here's what Sharon said. Thank you so much. You know, these are the same verses that Faithy and I kept quoting to mom when she was in so much pain. It is such an encouragement to know that He is carrying us as well. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. What a mighty God we serve. I didn't create the package. God delivered it to me, and all I did was pass it on. We make make serving way too complicated. Let me see the spiritual gift list. Let me take all these tests and then figure out, no, start practicing. Show up at practice. Thursday night, there was a group gathered here in this room. Phyllis Gokinner's family and at the end of our time here I shared those same verses and I said hey can I share something with you I shared this with another family whose mom passed away and I would just like to share this with you and I read Isaiah 46 3-4 one of the family members when they were leaving said that was exactly what I needed to hear that's not about Mike Nichols that's about God's grace package that when we open it up it just keeps blessing other people by the way I'd just like to read to you a letter from Phyllis's family it says this dear Mount Carmel Church family as this season is tough for our family it's been such a blessing to have the support of our church family Mama Phyllis was such an amazing lady who was always, pra- who was always praising and worshiping the Lord was always a verse or reference to God in her conversations. And while we are here on this earth grieving the loss of an amazing loved one, we know of great joy that she's praising and singing God's praises to him. Thank you for the meal you all prepared for our family and friends. And thank you for reaching out with such love for our family during this time. Thank you for sharing the love of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.8, we are confident I say and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Much love. Ashley, Teresa, Sam, Mark, Tammy, Sunny Lynn, Michael, Karen, Mikey, Natasha, Gary, Paula, Kristen, Brian, Crystal, Brian Alexander, Alyssa, Gillian, Vicki, Barry, Donna, and Bill. Because you as a church family... Besides those of us who, who spoke in some way, just opened the package that was practical gifts. We had ladies here that were helping to serve a meal. We had uh, Dale Painter went to, to get the chicken. All he, all he did was drive, but God gave him the ability to drive, and he picked up chicken. That's a grace gift that Dale delivered. It's not that complicated and it blesses other people. Not just what we say, but he says also in verse 11, if anyone ministers, if you're just waiting at the table, attending a need in a practical way, let him do it as with the ability which, God's, which God gives. Ability here means with the force, with the strength. And it's something that God supplies generously. God doesn't leave His church to to try to figure it out on our own, to try to do it in our own strength. God's not asking you to use His gift of grace in your own strength. Just as He gives by grace, so He empowers by grace. That's what makes it a spiritual gift, empowered by the resurrection power of His Spirit. Not only with the Gokonai family, but yesterday, uh, Ted Grandstaff's son, Daryl, had ma- made it known to us that there was a need there. Uh, Ted is, 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 is having a, a terrible time physically and, and mentally, and some men showed up there on his property and gathered tree limbs and firewood and just practical, but just taking the package of strength. That God had given to them and delivering it to somebody else to bless them in their need. What are spiritual gifts? Their gifts are different ways that God's freely gifted each one of us to take care of His church. How do we use them? We simply take whatever God has revealed to us or whatever resources He has entrusted to us and bless others and their need. And that leads us to the last question. Why? What's this all about? Why does this really matter? And he says at the end of verse 11, that, showing the purpose. Here's what, here's what the end game of all this is. God may be glorified. The word glorified means to, to render glorious, to cause the dignity and worth of, of someone t- to, to become manifest and acknowledged. Last night, just I was taking a study break and I, I went into the to the family room and I caught the last two minutes of the, the Iowa Penn State game. Number three and number four uh, teams in the country playing. And it went down right to the wire. And Iowa beat number four, Penn State. And I mean, the fans just rushed out on the field. It was amazing, the excitement. I I was hoping Penn State would win, but anyhow, it was just fun watching the excitement. And man, the fans going crazy, rallying around their team, basically saying, we recognize your worth. Our team is good and we want to acknowledge that. You know, one of the things that most gets in the way of us delivering those grace gift packages is our concern about who gets the glory. What will other people think of me what will other people say oh I've tried this before and nobody seems to notice what if Jesus had had that mentality how does serving their needs make me look You know, we sang that this morning. Behold the man upon a cross, my sin upon his shoulder. You know how serving us made Jesus look? It made him look like a criminal. It's not about us. You know, you might serve and you might be criticized. It's not about you. You might serve and, and maybe nobody notices, not just for your one time serving, but maybe for your decades of serving. It's not about us. It's so that God will get the glory, so that there will be a rush on the field to say that we recognize how worthy our God is. And that's what motivated Jesus. Not my will, but thine be done. And Peter said that God will get the glory in all things, in all. Whether we're serving, wherever we're serving, whatever we're doing, in all of it. God is able to show up and get the glory. And he says it's all possible through Jesus Christ. It's the work of Jesus that makes this all possible. I mean, can you think about that? rather than being on the receiving end of God's judgment, Jesus Jesus took that on the cross. So So the curse that we deserve, Jesus took that, and now we get the blessing. But not only that, as our resurrected Lord, He not only blesses us, But in this crazy sin cursed world where there's so much destruction and brokenness, rather than our lives adding to the destruction and brokenness, now by God's grace through Jesus, we can bless people. That's a miracle of grace. All made possible through our Jesus. To whom is the glory? That means the praise, the honor, the worship. Our King is the most worthy person in the universe. And the power, He has more power than anyone. To the ages of the ages, the Iowa football team that got the glory last night, it's not going to last very long. But I can guarantee you, when our Jesus gets the glory, it's not going to end. It's going to keep on going forever forever. And forever. And Peter ends this saying, Amen. So be it, Lord. Make it as real to you as it is. Make it as real to us as it is to you. So, what are spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts are different ways that God has freely gifted each one of us to take care of His church. How are we to use them? We simply take whatever words God's revealed to us, whatever resources He's entrusted to us, and we just use those to bless others in their need. And why do we do it? We serve one another with our God-given grace gifts so that people can recognize how eternally worthy the greatness and goodness of our God is. So I, as we wrap up, I just want to give to you three questions just to make this practical for us. First of all, let's ask ourselves this. Who around me has a need? Who around me has a need? And if you, if you don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe that means you just need to get connected a little bit better. Um, one of the things I love about our, our life groups is that allows us to track better with each other's needs we have a person in our life group that's having uh, knee surgery tomorrow, and already our there are there are people in our life group that are mobilizing to help provide provide meals for Andy and Becky Kavnis as Becky has that surgery because they're connected to a group that we're able to track with that need. So maybe if you feel like you, I don't I don't know if anybody has a need uh, in our in our church. Maybe one place to start then was we'll just be trying to get connected on a smaller level where you could track with those needs. And, and, and it could be also reverse. If you feel like nobody knows your need or nobody cares your need for your need, it could be also, not always, but it might be helpful for you to get connected on a smaller level as well. That's the purpose of our life groups. Not so we can check off bo- uh, brownie points of, look how busy I am with an already busy life. But so that we can track with each other and care for each other, not only who around me has a need, but second question is, what are we waiting for? Sometimes we're waiting for other people. You know, I've put in my time, but but God's grace doesn't have a retirement package. God's grace doesn't have an expiration date. Oh, you're 70 now? Okay. It doesn't exist. I mean Charlotte Gokenauer was in the was in the kitchen on Friday. Wow. Amazing. That's what it's about. Sometimes we're waiting for more time or more money or more energy. You know, if we're waiting for that, guess what? We'll keep on waiting. God's not asking for what we don't have. God's availing us of what He has. And just as His goodness is running after us, He wants us to be running as we have opportunity with the grace package He's delivered to us. And then lastly, who's it for? You know, that's that's the question to me, I believe, that most divides the men from the boys. At, At the end of the day, what is my existence on this planet for? Is it for the kingdom of me or is it for the kingdom of the king? Who is Lord? Each of us serves with our grace package because He is worthy. He has been good to us. He's the source of all goodness, and we keep delivering because of His worth. Church family, be encouraged. As you watch football this fall, be encouraged. You don't have to just be a spectator. On God's team you are a player we're going to wrap up our service singing that song again the goodness of God and as we sing it as we soak in God's goodness to us I hope you'll think about how is God desiring to deliver that goodness through you to others in our church family who are in need let's sing I'll pray with you and then we'll sing together okay father we thank you for your word God, we praise You for Your goodness to us. Lord, I thank You for so many in our body who over and over again, Lord, have been instruments of Your grace to my life and to others, Lord, in our church family. And God, we pray that You would just continue to stoke the fires of of that grace-giving, Lord, in and through us.